0: Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God, and that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we're talking about what refuels us as followers of Christ. You know, we can get burnt out and worn out uh, on what I like to call a road trip with God. So what is most important? Well, if I'm on a road trip, and as a woman, and even as a child, the most important thing to me was, when is the next rest stop mom, dad, when are we going to stop again? And I've even had that discussion a lot with my husband, Mark. We need to stop at the next rest stop or I'm not going to make it all the way. How in the world can we as believers in Jesus and with a deep desire to want to follow him with all of our hearts, minds, strength, soul, mind, and body, how can we do that? How in the world can we stay on this trip with him? The answer is this. We can't, not by ourselves. We need God completely and wholly. And the only way for me to remember that is to spend time alone with him. Whether it's in the car, in the shower, in your favorite chair, on a walk. Don't expect to do the Christian life by yourself. If you get nothing more from this, you could just stop right now. I'll say it again. Do not expect to do the Christian life by yourself. We're made to grow in community. It is sure to fail, period. We are so independent as Americans, and that has its place, but not in our walk with Christ. We need one another. When my girlfriend and I entered the Nike Team in Training Half Marathon in San Francisco, rest stops were definitely on our mind. We were walking it, not running it. We kept stopping at every porta potty along the way, which were many and San Francisco was up and down, up and down, just in case we wouldn't see another porta party potty for a mile or two. It really slowed us up because we kept stopping. We really weren't interested in winning the race. We just wanted to finish the race in a semblance of comfort. Jesus invited us all to rest in Matthew 11, Come to me, he said, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That was eleven twenty-eight of Matthew. I like the King James Version, since it sounds like it's written for a pregnant woman or mothers of young children. Come, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, like my neighbor who was expecting triplets. She looked very heavy laden. She carried them full term, if you can imagine. And I will give you rest, Jesus says. And the rest he's talking about there is rest from the burdens of our sin, which is really our heaviest burden. Now it's obvious why we need rest. Women are tired, period. We do too much often for too many people with too little money, cooperation, or sleep. I'm in the process of learning the three D's to help me get a handle on this overload. I learned these from my life coach, Kathy Vick. I need to figure out one of three things she told me. Do I delegate this job? That's the first D, delegate. Do I do things that energize me? That's the second D. Or do I dump something, like everything in my garage right now? That's the third D. So do I delegate this job? Do I do things that energize me? Or do I dump something? One thing I thought would be fun if We had the time as for all of us to share stories that began with this line, I was so tired once that I, you fill in the blank. You could email me. You can write it in the show notes, comments. I was so tired once that I, my mother had five kids and she has told us many times, I was so tired that I would go to bed with my ears ringing. She was very sympathetic if I ever complained about how tired I was. A while back, I was so tired that when I decided to take some Advil, I turned on the bathroom faucet to get a glass full of water, and I mistakenly placed the whole bottle of Advil under the water faucet instead of the glass. It was an Costco version size. It's okay, though, because they are candy coated, so now they are in very big clumps for really big headaches. I found a great advertisement about vitamins. It read, I am tired, I am stressed, I am woman. It made me think of that old song, I am woman, let me roar, but I prefer my words, I am woman, let me sleep. Or one that's good if you're on a woman's retreat, I am woman, let me snore. Rest is something we all need, sometimes more than other times. I remember a time I needed rest so badly, I thought I would never make it. I have been sleeping in jungle huts for three nights and trudging up and down steep paths. This was in Papua New Guinea with some missionary training. And I had a pack on my back. At times I was literally stepping from tree to tree to break my speed going downhill. Earlier in my training I had accidentally sliced my friend's arm with my machete as we were trying to cut down some tapioca plant to eat and we were standing a little too close to each other. So, I know I did have a certain reputation while I was on this hike. My darling Papua New Guinean guide took away my machete while sliding down the hillsides, looking out for his best interests, I'm sure. At the end of the three-day trek, I remember finally almost stumbling into the camp. I slipped off my pack and I made my way over to the kitchen. The women with young children had had to stay at home during our journey, and they were busy making a hot lunch for us. I walked up to them and I said, I'm home, and I burst into tears. I was exhausted and probably in the best shape physically I'd been in my whole life and never to be again. They gathered around me like sympathetic hens and welcomed me back. I needed rest, and I got it at long last. Of course, after becoming a mother of young children, I realized that they needed the rest more than I did. Jesus said we are to come to him. That coming is our very rest. I forget that aspect of Christ all too often. The more we come to him for rest, the more we understand how he himself is our rest. We come because we need him. We're tired. But there's another reason. We come to Him because others are depending on us to be their rest as they travel on their journey. You've probably heard the expression, we need someone with skin on. Our children, our families, our friends need God, but they need God with skin on and each of us needs to be Jesus to someone else. We need to be God's hug to one another. However, before we can do that properly, we must first be experiencing God's hug for ourselves. That makes so much sense. In other words, before we can water others, we must make sure our bucket is full. Someone said ministry is spillage. When we are so full up of God ourselves, our ministry of love and hugs and exhortation and healing for others is simply the natural outcome. Ministry is spillage. Are you filled up to all the fullness of God? As Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, 19. Helping others is a byproduct of seeking God and finding our rest in Him. In other words, we don't seek to help others first, but that happens when we seek God. I was talking with the speaker and writer Colleen Townsend Evans right before she was to speak at a large Central Coast event in our town. I was the MC, and I leaned over to her and I said, I'm sure glad I'm not the speaker here this morning, Colleen. I was a little nervous. Her immediate response to me was, oh, Sue, I don't consider myself a speaker. I'm just so in love with Jesus. I can't help but talk about him. Wow. What a beautiful example of the outflow, the outflowing spillage of ministry based on what we've received from the Father. To make sure our cup is full isn't a matter of a self-centered approach of getting my needs met first before I can serve others. You don't say, sorry, I can't bring you a casserole today because I haven't had my quiet time. No, no, no. Rather, it's seeking God simply to know him better, allowing him to woo us and endear himself to us. We come to him to make sure our cups are full enough so that they can spill over in ministry to others we also need to come to jesus because he invites us and we need just to lie down francis roberts wrote this lay thy head upon my breast and lose thyself in me a pastor was called by a woman to pray with her dying father brennan manny tells this story As he entered the room, the elderly man was in bed, and there was an empty chair next to the bed. The pastor said, Oh, you were expecting me. Oh no, the man explained, I didn't know you were coming. Why don't you close the door and I'll explain. He went on to say that years before he had tried to pray and he didn't feel it worked for him. Maybe you feel that way sometimes. So a friend had suggested that he imagine that Jesus was sitting in a chair across from him and then simply have a conversation with him. He went on to explain that for a few hours each day, he would imagine Jesus in the chair next to his bed and would talk with him. Don't you love that? A few days later, the woman called the pastor to say that her father had passed away. He asked her, did he go peacefully? She said, yes, but there was something strange, almost weird about it. When we found him, he had his head resting on an empty chair. This old gentleman had gone into eternity with his head on Jesus' lap. We don't have to wait until we're dying to put our head on Jesus' lap. So often our laps or shoulders are used for those we love, but we need a lap too. And God invites us to come to him, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I love what Walt Gerber said. The main responsibility of a Christian is yieldedness. Don't you love that? We can do that. We can yield to God when we're limp with exhaustion or tied in knots from stress or worry. Brennan Manning wrote of simply sitting quietly and picturing God enfolding you in his arms. No words, no confessions, no great outbursts. Just quietly receiving from him what he most wants to give, himself. This picture should be easy to envision as moms or grandmothers. So often our young children just want our arms and our lap when they are hurting, not so much our words. George Bernanis pictures it so well by writing this. Why does our earliest childhood always seem so soft and full of light? A kid's got plenty of troubles, like everybody else. And he's really so very helpless, quite unarmed against pain and illness. But that very sense of powerlessness is the mainspring of a child's joy. He just leaves it all to his mother, you see. Present, past, future. His whole life is caught up in one look, and that look is a smile. What a beautiful picture of our relationship to God. It's our very sense of helplessness, which is the mainspring of our joy, because it's when we are most weak that we finally go to God and find Him to be what we really needed all along have a rest-filled day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.